So I would like to welcome to Documental Healing the American States of Mind, Elizabeth Grace, who is a an astrologer. Before you became a full-time astrologer, you were a, a producer at CNBC? Or I did a lot of producing for uh, when uh, must-see TV NBC. So I got to work with really fun people back when NBC was like this juggernaut of television, uh, eventually being at CNBC for a spell. Um, but I, I was always an astrologer because it's just so, it just explains so much. And when I was working in the newsroom, particularly in local news, I was producing the 11 o'clock, you know, tonight at 11, blah, 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 whatever. And what I was noticing was that the stories that I was promoting that day were in sync with whatever was going on in the planetary cycle. We'll come right back to that. This is the video that comes right after I spoke uh, with the retired police chief, now city administrator for Kenosha, Wisconsin. Um, I also had a, another policeman from, from Colorado, just outside Denver. And I was suggesting to them that defunding the police and reforming the police was not really the the place to start the discussion, but to, to look and see, is the system wrong? But the theme was patriarchy. I did not expect to find that I would be in a situation where I was saying, you know what, policymaking is screwed up because it's just so patriarchal and hierarchical. But that came as a result of all of the writing and, and the exploration and the reporting that I've done. So I thought, well, let's, let's take a more encompassing view of things and astrology, we know, we're going to get into this too, is um, what Richard Tarnas calls it, the, if it's the barometer, something along, it's the barometer for not being taken seriously. If you're going to uh, be seen as an intellectual, you talk about astrology and you, poof, you know, you, you've lost all credibility. Right. Um, okay, fine. So that's, that, that I, I have no problem with my audience members um, being in that, in that camp, but let's just have a good time and discuss this because what I'm really enjoyed about your newsletter is it, it's accurate. Ah, <laughs> uh, no! And it's exactly! And you're very entertaining. It's accurate! And it's very entertaining. And That's right! It's fun for me to consider <laughs> that there is another way to look at policymaking that is not just so hardcore and extreme. And, and so either as an audience member, if you are thinking, what is going on here? I hope you just hang out and, and continue to listen because this is going to be a lot of fun. And if you really want to learn about um, this, what I've been starting to call an ensouled view of the universe where things are interconnected, um, then I think this will be a very educational hour. So. Okay. As a producer of, of, of the promos tonight on NBC, tonight on 11 or whatever, um, that the stories of the day were in sync with whatever the patterns, you know, planetary patterns, planetary cycles. Maybe we should back up and we should explain the logic behind it. So the logic is that planetary patterns or cycles, you should pick, pick one. My, my teacher called them patterns, but they are cyclical. All right. Now, understanding that one of the hallmarks of genius is the ability to recognize patterns that other people don't see. So astrologers are really good. The good ones are they see patterns mm -hmm. in, in they understand the patterns in these cycles of timing. 
because you know it's like it's like literally clockwork. These planets go around the they go around the sun at at, at precisely calculated. We can calculate out thousands of years forward, thousands of years back to see what they're doing. And if you look at it as a language, okay, it's a symbolic language of archetypes. If I say today, for example, the moon is in Virgo, okay, that doesn't mean anything to anybody but uh, who's not an astrologer, but, but I'm speaking in a shorthand in the way that any professional who has a certain jargon to what they do, like if you went to see a cardiologist and they were looking at your, at, at, you know, what if you did a, a cat, you know, cat, whatever they were doing, they, they would have to translate what they see, all of that diagnostic stuff into a language right. that so you understand. I understand that. And I think that okay. the audience is, is um, not having that that's not a difficult concept to to understand but what i want to make sure that you can at least um argue and defend is is that not only is there a language and a logic but here's why it's got utility so way it it has utility because astrology can tell you why people are the way they are you can look at somebody's natal chart meaning the chart for the time that they were born and in that it's like looking at it's like looking at dna is one analogy or looking at their software program for their soul you can look at all of the parts that are in it and translate it into an understanding of what does this person need in order to be happy if you know what they need then you know what they're going to do hmm. under certain pressures and the pressures the tension that we can use we can see ahead and we know when the pressure and the tension is going to happen because it's all in line with these cycles of timing so you can look so you can look at it and i mean i look at a client's horoscope and i immediately can see oh the relationship with the father was like this, or the, you know, the power dynamic with the mother was like this. And, you know, of all the things in the world that you need to be recognized for, it's probably this. And, and gee, what about this writing talent that I see in your horoscope? What are you doing with that? And they might say something like, oh my God, I always wanted to write, but you know, I grew up in a situation where nobody encouraged me. And I would say, well, it's here. That's really empowering. But, but then, um, okay, so let's tie this together. So um, you're talking about if there are patterns um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the horoscope itself, you can read those patterns to tell a particular story and yes. there's a utility in that. But what I want to make sure that we hear you explain, because mm-hmm. you know there are going to be a lot of skeptics. Mm-hmm. So Bring them on. Well, and I'm also, I've spent most of my career writing about sciences and clinical Mm -hmm. medicine, and um, I shouldn't be interested in this, but I I am interested in this. Um, So I'm asking for you to explain, um, okay, there may be patterns, but why are those patterns true? That is an excellent, excellent question. And I don't know why they're true. 
which is really profound. So there's a lot that we do not know. I do not know why the patterns that that you know that that suggest that such and such is going to occur at this future date or that such and such did occur at a past date when I don't even know you and I look at your horoscope and I can see that there was this thing that happened 10 years ago and then we have a conversation about it and you're like oh my god I had no idea I don't know why I don't know why it works has anyone ever has anyone ever posited why? I mean, maybe well, it's kind of like, okay, so it's kind of, so here is the science angle. You know, scientists really cannot explain why gravity works. Yeah. They don't really, I mean, they don't, they can tell you how it works, but they don't know why. A quantum physicist We'll look, we'll be measuring these particles that no one in the world could ever see or, or, or they, you can't, you, they're just, they're, how do you know they're there? Well, you know they're there because you detect the consequences. You detect the consequences of the fact that these things are running around because stuff is happening. So astrology is kind of like that in that you see these cycles, these, these cycles of timing, and you see this potential for this eruption of, a, of, of, of a, an event whatever it is. And lo and behold, yep, you know, that's exactly what happened. And it gets to the point where I can look, like I'll read about something in the news and I know what I'm going to see when I look at their horoscope. I know I'm going to see X pattern because of what I am witnessing in the physical manifestation. And here's the other really cool thing. The one that really, really convinced me when I started noticing that people who have died still make news, right? Like my, you know, like Woodrow Wilson, every now and then we're talking about Woodrow Wilson for some reason, it's very specific, but there's going to be a specific reason. And when I started, I started investigating, why are we reading about this person with this particular issue now? They're dead. <laughs> They're dead. Why, are, why, is, why is this person in the news? There's a fame, one of my, the Maureen Dowd had an op-ed, uh, you know, the, the, the title was Woodrow Wilson Stud Muffin. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, why are my reading about, why is this in the news? Woodrow Wilson Stud Muffin, why are we talking about this guy on December 7th, 2013 in the New York Times? And so I go and I look at his horoscope because we know what time he was born. And I look at it and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I actually, this is one I use in, in presentations that, that, you know, uh, there it is. You see exactly why his lusty self would be given such gravitas at that specific moment in time. And then you can start looking ahead because I started experimenting and going, you know, I can see a lot of action with Woodrow Wilson and the way he thinks. But he's dead. dead. But the way he thinks, people are going to change their mind about the way he thinks. And it's going to have consequences. And and then and sure enough, yes. Do you know? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So the 
So the timing well, let's, of let's, be, no, let's be let's be explicit. It's it's people are now seeing his views on on uh, whether or not he was a racist. He was, yes, he was, he, he you know, he so, was. So and now that's come about, right. So it's so, come so about and you, and you see, you know, like I said, one of the examples I use in when I talk, when I do PowerPoints about the news is, you know, I knew that Woodrow Wilson was going to have a really lousy year in 2020. <laughs> and he has, he's being trashed for getting the flu, getting the Spanish yeah. flu and being a horrible president and a total failure at handling it. And people are not thinking too kindly about this guy who, you know, founded the League of Nations and was this great diplomat. Well, the way people think about his mindset has changed. And you see that astonishingly i mean it's jaw dropping because i don't because it's like what are we looking at when we're looking at a horoscope that well, dead is still the life is still being carried on and you can you can see it coming i am um, let's get into let's i'm gonna give um you the chance to share your screen here in a second but i was just thinking about your um you saying that um people uh still or the phys physicists still can't really explain why we have gravity and how how it actually well, they can sort of, they know how. Yeah, they I mean, I was just going to say, I would, why? I, I was reading, I yeah. I was reading Carlo Rivelli recently, and, you know, because I'm trying to understand all of this too. I mean, I, my, I'm, especially having been a science writer for so long. But one thing that I always found, in, two, two things actually from, from medicine. One is, is that I've never found anybody who has um, an explanation for why the heart beats. We don't know why, where that impulse comes from. Um, there are theories, but we don't know why our hearts beat. We don't know what gives us the impulse to live. And I just find that amazing. That's such a beautiful thing to consider. It's such yeah. a profound, you know, it's a, it's, you could just think about that all day long and, <laughs> and feel very small in a wonderful yeah, way. Yeah, really, really small. Exactly. And, and I, I actually like that. And then the other thing is, is that, gosh, now it's been a long time. I think it was like 2013, um, the, National Institutes of Mental, the National Institute of Mental Health, um, the director was Tom Insel, he's long gone, but um, they had just started the Brain Project. And they had four and a half billion dollars allocated to studying the brain. And through the brain study, they were going to find, the intention was to find cures for um, various mental, mental health diseases, mental illnesses. And, um, he was talking to me about um, things that they'd seen with various patterns that they were finding. And he said, well, what we've discovered is, is that if you try too hard to actually determine what's happening, you lose it. You actually have to stand back and it just kind of comes and goes these waves. And I, and I said to him, like a, sounds like you're describing a, um, a pointillism, you know, like Jar George Surratt. And he said, yeah, it is kind of like that, but here it is. To see the patterns. To see Something the patterns, like you have to step back to see the patterns. And if you try too hard and you and you get very literal about it, you would lose the perspective, perspective. you need in order to get all of it in. And I just thought, you know, that makes no sense. Actually, if you're a scientist, that would drive a scientist crazy. But more and more, I'm finding that um, that kind of thing is making more sense to people, especially because there's been an emphasis on narrative in data. I mean, that's really what we try to do in science. Science writing is tell a really good story using data, which comes from patterns. I mean, data are patterns. So I'm not gonna try and defend um, that I'm interested in this. I, I just am, and I'm, I, it makes sense to me. 
but um, let's try and at least see see this in action. Are you looking at my screen? We are. Okay, so this, what you're looking at is, um, this is a column that I write for Mountain Astrologer. There's a magazine and I, I've been writing about, I write about whatever's going on in the news. Uh, you know, so I wrote about Jane Austen because she was really hot last year. So that was, she was making news and you can see all the development in her life that happened in 2020 with all these new um, miniseries that came out and a stage play, all kinds of stuff. And you can Zombies. see- Zombies. Hmm? Zombies. Wasn't she involved in zombies? I don't know. She was just, her heart, her horoscope's on fire. Uh, and then this is my website down here, elizabethgrace.com. And I write a forecast about, you know, what are we going to see in the news before it happens? And it's super fun. What we're going to do, well, I'll just tell you what we're, what we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit about what astrology is, what it isn't. Uh, I'm going to show you an example of a person's horoscope, just so you can see what it is, because lots of people are thinking that a horoscope is this thing you read in the newspaper that tells you you may meet a tall, dark stranger or some other gobbledygook. And you're thinking, how can this apply to me? I'm a cancer and there are tons of cancers. And that's not a horoscope. That, that is not, that's not, there's just so much more. But that's, um, what, that's what the New York Times always wants to bash because they run about an article every six months or so that says astrology is really hard, but it's wrong or it's, it's a lie or it's stupid or... If you, if you ever, if you invite me, because I actually have a presentation where I tracked every astrology article the New York Times has done in the last few years, and they always published it after I, I would write, we're going to see an article about astrology in oh, a right. major in newspaper because the patterns are supporting this kind of thing. And then they would publish their article and I'm just sitting there going laughing because it's just <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk. All right, so we're looking at the horoscope. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about because you were talking about, you know, what, what's going on right now? Why are things so intense? Um, it's totally appropriate to be talking about, you know, patriarchy because we see this in the patterns that are that are going on that affects everybody, not just one person, but affects like, you know, it's like every moment in time is a horoscope. And there's a, there's a there's a there's a code in there. There's a there's a vibration. There's a, a need. There's a drive, and it could be a moment in time that represents the birth of a person. It could be the birth of a country, or it could just be the weather of the day. All right. So we're going to talk about that, and then uh, maybe we'll show some things about astrology in the news. I don't I don't know how much time we have, but anyway, the first thing I want to I want to you know express, emphasize is that astrology is a language. And so you hear, see, you see here some symbolic languages, which if you do not study them and you do not know what they mean, it's all gonna look like gobbledygook. If you can't read music, that means nothing. If you can't do calculus, that means this over here means nothing. And, um, and it talks about experiences, human relationship through space and time. It reflects the consciousness of the people who created it, which for me, that means a Western astrologer, not an Indian astrologer or a Chinese astrologer. They all have different systems of looking at these cycles of timing. And they well, and not, and not only that, these systems were derived in all of these various portions of the world through the different cultures around the same time, which was uh, 3500 BC. 
don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I could not tell you for cer certain that every single system of astrology all came into being at the same time. I don't. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that each system reflects the consciousness and the experience of the people who use it. Mm -hmm. Like any, and it evolves like any language. Like if you go and read Chaucer in in you know in the, in the English that it was written, it you may not understand it because English has evolved since that work was created. So. So astrology, so the question is, you know, astrology, it's like, what do you want to talk about? If you want to talk about snow, are you going to learn Inuit or Swahili? <laughs> hmm. okay? So if you want to talk about space and time and human experience, astrology is a really good language to get to know. And if you don't, and if you don't want to take the time to speak it, then hang out with somebody who can translate it into a language that you do understand, which is what I'm hoping that we will do today. So Western astrology. Okay, so one myth is that, you know, people go, well, you know, uh, astronomy, uh, the procession of the equinoxes, you know, the planets of the world, Earth is tilted on its axis, and all those constellations have switched and doesn't mean anything and your horoscope is wrong. And it's like, yeah, okay, fine, but that's not what astrology, that's not what Western astrology is, okay? Western astrology is taking a, uh, is taking a snapshot of a moment in time laying out the position of the planets on the plane of the ecliptic, not, not the constellations, okay? And it's tied to the seasons. So that the first day of the zodiac in the, in the Western zodiac is always gonna be the first day of spring, which is zero degrees of Aries. Aries is the first sign of the zodiac. So that's something that people go, oh, cause they, they wanna get you, gotcha. Ha! You're not thinking about procession of the equinoxes. You're wrong. And it's like, you don't understand Western astrology. Okay. Well, so wait, I don't know. I, I, I don't know that my audience is going to know what the procession of the equinox is. So it's this, I, no, it's the, it's the, it's the, it's that the earth wobbles on its axis. Yeah. About every 26,000 so, years, there's a, yeah, there's a change. Right. So, so when the constellations were plotted out and identified and whatever, you know, they're, they're they were seen against this backdrop. Well, they're now like 26. Six degree, 20, about 20 degrees off. So there's a whole discipline and, and, and forgive me, I, my, I get more into like, what can we do with this on a practical level than explaining all of the math that I used to know 30 years ago when I had to do charts by hand because we didn't have computers, but I have let that knowledge lapse a bit so, so that's, I'm not the person to really talk to you to explain about these technical things, but suffice it to say that if you go and talk to an Indian astrologer who uses something called the sidereal zodiac, not the tropical zodiac, the position of the planets is tied to the constellations. And, and, and if you, for example, I am an Aries in Western astrology, but a Vedic astrologer would tell me that I am a Pisces. And, you know, that seems very strange to me, but I would tell you that the timing of things 
is not affected. Things are still going to move at the same intervals of time. And still, I could still get something quite accurate from talking to this person, this astrologer, who's speaking a different language. You know, I'm not going to tell them that their language doesn't work. That would be like telling me telling me someone who speaks German is silly. And I know that German works quite well for a German for, in that so I, I think the simplest way to, to express this then is, is that you, what you've got up on the screen here are these constellations that are named um, with what we now know are astro astrological signs. So the constellation of Aries and then the sun sign of Aries, they're not the same thing. Correct. Okay, so that's really Correct. what is, even though there excellent. are- Excellent, excellent, yes, absolutely. So exactly, so perfect. Um, so anyway, so- so people get attached to this idea of like, well, they know their sun sign. Everybody knows their sun sign. That's where the sun is at the moment that you were born. Okay, um, there are. I'm only mentioning the fact that there are elements involved because um, the fact that we're because the element of air is going to become important when we get to the end of this talk. So all I'm just I'm just wanting to bring to the attention here that there are 12 signs. There are four elements. I mean, the Chinese also, their astrology also breaks things down into elements, the building blocks of nature. And um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I'm just calling this out. This will become, you'll understand why I bring this forward when we get to the end, that there are elements. So this is a horoscope, okay? And some, for people who've never seen a horoscope, this can be this overwhelming thing because they thought, oh, what in the world is this? What in the world is this? But even if you, so here, here you have a sort of a reference. This is sort of a horizon line. This is the horoscope of Elizabeth, Queen of England, um, which I studied when I was doing my certification program. So, but even though you don't know anything about this stuff here, even though you don't know what any of this means, if you look at it in the way you look at your George Seurat painting, you notice something about this layout. Like Whitney, you could, you could make an observation about what you're seeing in these little pie pieces. You know, make, say, say anything, make an observation about this chart, what you're seeing. Okay, um, so I'll make it based on what's in the pie chart, the pie slices rather than the drawings in the middle. I would say that if you're looking at it um, holistically, in the lower left, there's a lot going on, and then in the upper right, there's a lot going on. So it's kind of symmetrical. It's not quite, but it's kind of symmetrical um, as opposed to maybe I don't see a pattern where there's something happening in every um, slice of the pie. So that would be my pattern suggestion is, is that um, there's one, one, there are three, there are four quarters and in two quarters, there are things happening. And in two quarters, there's not much happening. Exactly. Brilliant. Perfect. That is absolutely spot on. And, and that's important. This is, this is, so, you know, this is a language, this is a symbolic language. There's a lot of stuff happening in this area of the horoscope. There's not so much stuff happening in this area of the horoscope. This is telling me already that, you know, Her Majesty the Queen, just looking at the layout here, I know that this is a person who probably is going to be very self-directed in her life. Um, there is probably uh, a lot of unfinished business in the early home. 
that she's got going on, her mission, one of her life quests. I mean, this is a woman who was born into this uh, tangled roots of, of, of the family drama, whatever it was. And one of her challenges in life is to learn how to literally rise above all this stuff that's at the bottom of this horoscope and, and, and really allow herself to shine. Okay, so now how would you how would you derive something like that from the pattern that I pulled? Did I pull um, together a pattern that indicates um, aspects of the day? Because I know that a horoscope is based on space and sun and moon and all that kind of thing. Or is it, uh, or is this a, a horoscope that shows uh, an entire life? Or you know, get a little bit more. So what this is is this is the moment in time of her birth. Okay, so uh, oh, this is this is this is uh, okay. So the astro ba basics. If you go to an astrologer, everybody knows their sun. You know my sun sign. So Queen Elizabeth is a Taurus. Her sun is down here. These are the little cheat sheets over here. You see all the uh, the, the glossary here. So she's a, she's a Taurus, right here. Down this is the symbol for the sun. You look over here. Here it is. That's the little symbol, the circle with the dot in it. That's the sun. She's a Taurus. Uh, her moon, which is the other thing that people know about now when their astrology is becoming more popular. Her moon, where was the moon when she, when she was born? The moon was in Leo over here. Here's the moon. Okay. And the other, the third component that, that people know about now, a lot of people know, they know what their rising sign is or their ascendant. And either it's the same thing. And that is derived from what time she was born. That's why we want to know what time, because without an exact time, we cannot know what this point is right here. And this point right here, which is called the ascendant, is super sensitive and important and tells us how this woman needs to be seen. And if you're a Capricorn, you recognize that glyph as being Capricorn. So we know that this woman uh, is, needs to be seen as somebody who is in charge. Somehow her life has to live up to that. And then, so the components of the language of astrology, not to get too much into this, because we, we wanted to talk about the patterns of the, of, the, of the current zeitgeist. You have your planets, which are all these little things, these little glyphs here. Each planet represents the way I've learned astrology, the way I use astrology. It's, it's going to tell me something that this person needs. Because when I know what they need, I know what they're likely to do given a certain situation or what they should do in a certain situation. So, you know, here's Mars. We're talking a lot about the energy of Mars. So here's her Mars, Jupiter, Venus, all these planets here, which each. So, for example, Mars is how she needs to take action. So she her and how and how she needs to do that is defined by what sign of the sign of the zodiac it, well, it's not really the zodiac, but what sign it is in. So her Mars is in Aquarius. She needs to be a bit of a rebel. She needs that for her actions to be seen as taking care of the greater good because Aquarius is a sign that needs to be helpful and needs to be a humanitarian. It's a very different energy than Mars in Aries, which is where Aries, which is where Mars is right now, where the energy of action needs to fulfill a self-focused purpose. Me first. 
Her so, energy is about is about doing something that's seen for the group. Okay, so I think it's important then that we hone in on the mundane aspect. And yes, so that's when what I, I really want to get into, yeah, when I introduced yeah. you, I was saying that you um, that your newsletter does mundane astrology. Um, and it makes predictions sort of, I mean, you know, you don't get very specific. You just say, these are the patterns that are happening. And so these are the types of things that we can probably count on seeing. Yes. So let's talk about, could you explain what mundane astrology is? And then, um, so you've, and then can, can, let's say the United States have a, a natal chart yes. and can we talk it does. about it does, it does, it does. And I can actually put the, and you were talking about this focus on, you know, why are we stuck in this patriarchy? I mean, this is part of the challenge, the whole challenge of the United States and it's the United States has a birth chart and it's got a patriarchy problem. It, it just <laughs> does. And it, it, and it idealizes uh, the, the men, my, you know, it, 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 it idealizes war and heroes. And so it, that's, that's a challenge. Do you have um, a copy of the United States Naval uh, the copy of the yes i do it's not in this thing but it is in another thing so let me pull it up i will show so you while while like. you're bringing that up let me um let me kind of clue in readers again you know just to remind them or and the audience that um this is part of the video series i started that began with Gwendolyn Reese, who is a, a pagan priestess and a librarian and academic at american university and her premise is that the United States, um, it, it's stuck in a spiritual miasma and it needs to clear out its wrongful sacrifices. And in her mind, it, it, this is a very Athenian uh, perspective. This is what um, the Athena did to, to, uh, to, clear, to clear and to make way for democracy in Athens. Um, and she said that in her perspective, for the United States to finally be able to get out of its um, uh, hierarchical, um, its own soul wounding, its own miasma, this, you know, everybody keeps talking. I was talking about, I didn't realize it was the zeitgeist itself, where everybody's talking about the soul of America, where if, if her perspective, Dr. Reese's perspective was, if you want to retrieve the soul of the United States and clarify things and heal and come together as one, we need to make reparations for slavery and we need to also address that we stole the land from the indigenous peoples of this continent. So I did explore that. I spoke with um, members of the Contraband Historical Society who are uh, the descendants of slaves and we explored reparations. We've also explored uh, patriarchy as uh, driving the need for police reform. And, uh, and we've looked at the performing arts as a way to create ritual for us to come together and actually explore what we need to get rid of in our souls and our spirits. And I'm looking at this, the more I do this, this is less and less metaphorical and much more I'm seeing as practical. And uh, that is why I thought that having an astrologer who looks at the news in a practical way, but using these tools that many people think are ridiculous um, would be fun, first of all. But secondly, would actually just shake us out of thinking that everything has to be um, linear. And, and that is actually where I'm coming at this is we're telling stories with data and we're doing it in a much more um, holistic way, not a linear way. And 
I was, it just occurred to me that um, the head of the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Francis Collins, is a born-again Christian. And um, I can't, I can't explain how that, I know he wrote a book about it, but you know, he, I don't know. I don't, it must be really interesting when people ask him about it. Uh, but, but being, being a person of faith is not necessarily mutually exclusive to being a scientist. So no, is it it's not, it's not. And in fact, one of the things where science is going is, and, and you keep reading this all the time is uh, with science is that, you know, the, the more they, the more they discover, you know, the less they real, they don't, they realize the less they know. And so they just start having faith in things that they simply cannot explain. Um, okay, so what I did here, I just decided, because it'll be easier to show you this tension. All right, so this is the horoscope. This is the horoscope that most astrologers use for the, for the United States. Um, there's a huge debate among astrologers as to what time the Declaration of, of Independence was actually signed. That's what you need in order to have a birth time. And we don't, we don't know. There's, there's debate over it. This is a chart that is this wheel is set up for 5 12 p.m on july 4th in philadelphia and it's and it's a chart that it seems to work in in timing and figuring out what the what the united states is all about so when they all got together the founding fathers and said you know the declaration of independence here we are we're declaring our independence from england even though they hadn't really won the war um that was the that was sort of the the impetus for, you know, you can find what this entity was going to be about in this moment in time. And so the first thing you notice from an astrological point, okay, the United States is a cancer. This is the cancer sun here, right here. Uh, it's, it's tucked this little dot with a thing. Okay, so which is saying that the United States is here to uh, deal with um, issues of emotional and home security. You know, it's, it's mama is really what it needs to be. It needs to have a wonderful, fabulous home. And now let, me, let me interrupt you, Elizabeth, to ask, are you saying that the chart directed the way the United States evolved or the chart was going to reflect what was already in the nascent, um, in purpose, you know, in potentia of what this nation was becoming? How does that work? So what this is telling us is, you know, what's America's psyche when you're born? You know, what are you, what are you going to okay. respond to? What does it need? What does it need to do? Because if you know what it needs, because if you know what this country needs, you can figure out what it's going to do. So, so when, we, when we look at patterns in the horoscope, we're looking for tension. And when we're looking at tension, this is where I kind of where I wanted to get into. We're, we're, look, we're, we're looking at, it's, we start getting into geometry, okay? So a pattern, a relationship, these, these planets have a relationship to one another. And if there is tension, a difficult relationship between two, two of these things, we know it's going to cause some difficulty. Uh, they're, they're, it's going to cause action, but it may be difficult for it to resolve because it's tension. So one of the first things that's really interesting in the horoscope of the United States is that there is tension between the sun and cancer, which wants to be all emotional and, you know, lay down the homeland. This land is my land, your land. And it is actually in a 90 degree aspect to the planet that represents patriarchy. Okay. 
So everything, and I want to draw this thing so you can see it. Like this, this is this. You know, I did all these other things that I thought we were going to do, but you know, Mercury being retrograde, of course, we're not quite doing it this way. And if we have to redo this and and meet another time to just focus on this, I'm happy to do it. Um, you know, I'm happy to do this because I, I I did not think about just doing this. But anyway, what you're seeing here, what I'm drawing here, is a 90 degree relationship, a tension between the whole essence of the United States, its, its essence is in a challenging relationship with this planet that has to do this symbol of patriarchy, the law, you know, we idealize the law. This is the planet Saturn. Saturn is the limit of the law. It's authority. It says you have to work for everything you do. And we have in the American consciousness this, you know, this stoicism, uh, not stoicism, but what pragmatism, I think that, you know, this, where you, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and if you work really, really hard, you'll succeed. Hmm. That's a fundamental like, concept of the United States. We believe in work. Mm-hmm. We believe that you have to work to get stuff. You know, it's not, it's not just going to be handed to you. And we see that tension. Like if this were a person coming to me for a consultation, I would really want to talk to that person about their relationship with their father. I would say it was probably very difficult. You wait, know, what's there's that? A lot, the the wait, relationship what? with the father. So then we start looking at, you know, what? well, who's the parent of the United States? You know, okay. England. I would go, gosh, this is a very challenging relationship you have here. There's a lot of guilt that's in, and, and responsibility that's taken on. Why does it have to be so hard? Why do you need to work so hard? Um, there, the, the two planets, you know, they don't really like each other. They're, we look at the relationship between these two things, and and, and it, it's just it is simply not a comfortable work ethic that we see embodied in the psyche of the United States. So take that. And, and let's, um, first of all, what is mundane astrology? And then let's look at what you've just drawn for us and apply it to what we're going through in 2020, because this year has been extraordinarily challenging. <laughs> I will, but I want to say one more thing about the horoscope of the United States so you'll understand why it's so difficult. We have this one statement that says, life is hard, you have to work. Mm-hmm. Then we have another statement, which is this planet here. There's the same kind of pattern. I'm not going to draw it. You just take my word for it. But the same kind of relationship <laughs> with which is basically, which is the, the American dream. And where is this? This is what I the, guess. It's the, 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 you know, we see, like, I am translating this stuff for you without trying to explain it to you because your eyes will glaze over and you'll be like, what is she talking about? What I'm telling you is that I look at this horoscope and I see in this, in this pattern that there is a need for idealism about um, heroes, men, war, and, and, there's a, and then there needs to be action on acquiring this dream. And it's fascinating to me when I started to study the horoscope of the United States to see these patterns because we have this thing in our psyche called the American dream. And oh, it's yeah. right there. How about that? And so we have this American dream juxtaposed with this other pattern that says, yeah, but you better work for it. Well, I don't object to that. Is that no, you don't, because that's who that's our that's our national psyche. 
So, but, but I, but in the last two years, I have objected quite vigorously to the idea of an American dream. And I've been writing a lot about that because it's turned out not to be anything really other than propaganda and, and a way in, in my writing and in my research, it's a way that um, skews everything so that the resources don't go to all of the people who are involved in the homeland, as you just, as you just sketched out there. So here's the tension I'm feeling. You're saying that it's in our our national psyche to have this dream about um, work hard, but also it's flavored by uh, men and war and men are heroes. And um, and I've been saying, well, that doesn't work anymore. So now what do we do? Are we doomed? Because you're saying, well, this is our psyche. This is how our psyche is. What do we do if this is true? And I believe that the American dream has sputtered out. Then what does that mean? What do we do now if this well, well, this see what happens in a, what you find in astrology, and, and uh, you know, is that you know this this is a moment in time. It never changes. Your birth chart doesn't change, but plant, but but the planets keep moving. The cycles keep ticking. The clock keeps ticking. And as as things move around, okay, they make they make contact with uh, with the base chart, so to speak, and they provoke crises. Things that, happen. Okay, so, so that's that's mundane astrology is so this when is, well this is the study of nation yeah using astrology to understand why a country is is having is is so going through such extremes of thought right now which is what's going on in the horoscope of the United States it's 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 just com been completely rattled uh, you know so, so mundane just being simply of the world of the, the horoscope world. Of, of okay okay of the world so what is happening to us and and if that is the truth of our psyche and and uh, that's as you already discussed with charts never die essentially is what you've said. They so do we are we doomed to always live in this dream that leaves many of us bereft or what can happen in the viewpoint of mundane astrology that maybe delivers us from that into something different. Well you have these pressure points that come around. So I'm going to, so I will show you a quick example of something that I have to give you a, so that you'll understand what, that, where this is coming from. When you have, let me find this example that I had. I mean, I had Israel in here. I wasn't prepared to talk about the United States, but Israel has been going through a lot. All right. So this is Queen Elizabeth's horoscope. All right. That's her, that's, we already looked at that. Okay. And this is where stuff was uh, at the beginning of the year. Okay. And what you see is there's a lot of stuff that this stuff that I've circled here, the stuff that I've circled. Um, I don't know if you can, I don't know if you, I, I haven't, I realized that I don't think this lay, I don't think I have a laser pointer working here and I apologize, but you see the stuff in the circle over here is putting tremendous pressure on the queen's horoscope. And so an astrologer looking at this looks at all of this pressure, this outside pressure, on sensitive parts of the horoscope and says, there's going to be a major change. Things have to change, the form cannot hold. And so what happened at this time was that Prince Harry made a split hmm. from the family. Okay, so Queen, Queen Elizabeth is a person that this happened to, but if Queen Elizabeth were a country having this kind of pressure, it also might be falling apart, which is what's been going on with uh, uh, Israel, but we're not, but, but in the United States, 
what's happening with the United States, I will show is that we are going to be going through a period, a pressure point for change, tear down and change that we as a country have never been through before. Well, where we are right now is our mind is under extreme pressure. The, the, mm -hmm. the, the symbol, like if this were an individual, I would say, God, you must have, you must have, you must have started on some new revolutionary thought. Uh, you know, maybe you're you're feeling just overwhelmed in, in mentally because because you just have all this this buzz going on in your head, and now you feel this need to be incredibly persuasive in your thinking. And what are the extremes of thought that are going on in your life right now? You know, why why what is that? And so well, we see that in the United yeah. States. That's why I I have. Well, I think what you're describing is what I have also come to conclude, which is, is that, you know, when we talk about the president and people say, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that, he's causing this. I see him more as this avatar of who we already are. And he's showing us the ways we think and, and might want to not think anymore. So, you know, I'm still I'm still asking. I'm still seeing this and, and hoping that we kind of get our arms around this idea of can we change, you know, does, does something like a horoscope say that? Oh. Yeah, and we will have to change. And then the question is gonna be by around 2022 is like, what kind of form will we, will we be in when we've changed? Because if this were a person, you know, well, you know, look, well, I can talk about where, where the United States is going. Like next year, it's going to be going through a period which we haven't been in since 1979. Okay, so you look at what was going on in 1979, Carter was in office, we were having an oil crisis, and we were feeling really, really, really small on the world stage to a certain extent because of the Iran hostage crisis. And people were going, why can't we, you know, why, why we feel so emasculated. So when you say we're going to be going through something that was similar to 1979, I'm guessing then that means it's a pattern. It's a pattern that's coming around. You know, okay. I, I had I had this all marked out in the big picture. I didn't, you know, just the whole world to show how these cycles repeat themselves. But there's a pattern that you know. So these cycles are coming back. Uh, so what we see the likely potential in the United States is you know, a bit of a wipeout and feeling that it doesn't have the, the oomph that, that it does. And it's tied to, and it's, and it's going to be activating the part of our horoscope that's all about this American dream and this, this, this need, this idealization that we are the hero and you know, we're, movie, we're the, the hero of every movie. It's, it's, it's why we export so much you know, our film industry, what we export is seen in this horoscope, what it's likely to produce, fantasies, film, epics, it's here. So you're actually making me think in terms of the way economists and historians also think, and, you know, or even weather forecasters. When you're talking about cycles and patterns, you're talking about um, looking back. So you're saying looking back at 1979, these are the things that happened. And you're saying, you know, there's a finite period of time just based on the way that the planets will trigger the things that they go past in this part. Yes. And that's just like a period of time that say, you know, an economist looking at 50 year cycles would look and see, well, what happened 50 years ago and what can we learn from that now? Am I, is this, am exactly. I? Exactly. All right. So l l this is the mundane cycles. Okay. 
So here we have, this is, these are the cycles of the moon. Everybody knows what this is. You can wrap your head around it. You've got a new moon. It's a great time to start things, plant stuff. Everybody tells you, you know, it's the new moon. It's time to, you know, set your intentions. And then you have a quarter moon at 90 degrees, all right? That's, a, that's tension. People don't really know that. They're not so much aware of that per se, just but astrologers are. But everybody knows about the full moon. Whoa, people get crazy. There's illumination, the light. And then, and then it goes around and there's another quarter, okay? And then the cycle starts all over again. Every 28 days, right? Everybody knows that, right? Yes. Okay, so <laughs> that's easy. All right, so astrologers in mundane world, all of the planets have this little dance that they do. They meet. And they, they they meet and they then they're at odds with each other at this quarter thing, whatever this, however long their cycle is. The moon is 28 days. Other planets are have different cycles. Mars is two years to whatever. So it's there are different cycles. Okay, so Monday you're talking, about, you're talking about how long it takes for them to circle. How long uh, it takes for them time. to meet. And then, then they split up and they're like a first quarter moon. Then they're opposing each other. Then they're on the other side again. And then they come back and they, in the seeds plant again for whatever it symbolizes. Again, we're talking about a symbolic language. So mundane astrology, we look at these big cycles. The further the planets are away from the sun, the slower they travel, the more time they have to make an impact because they take a really long time. So, mid 60s, you have the planet Uranus. I don't say Uranus, because it's icky, okay? Uranus, <laughs> people will snigger. And no one will take any seriously if you say Uranus, Uranus, okay? Uranus is the planet, the symbol of change. It's upset blows up the status quo. Okay, Pluto is a planet. We don't care what the astronomers say. Pluto packs a punch because we see what happens when Pluto is involved in a particular event. It, it's, it's big. So we believe that this planet, this symbol is meaningful. It's practically useful. So Uranus and Pluto, these big disruptive planets that they didn't even know about, you know, it, 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 like, Uranus, I just discovered it. I, I don't get Mercury's retrograde. I'm not going to say a date because I'll get it wrong. But anyway, but anyway, they, they didn't even know about it, but they still have meaning. So here is Uranus and Pluto in the mid 60s. Disruptive change, ruthless, resistance is futile, breakdowns, overturning of the, of the tables. Here they are at their the equivalent of a new moon. They're planting seeds right in the 60s and so you look at the 60s and so an astrologer is going well this is going to be a year of revolutions for sure there's going to be a lot of social changes in the entire world which is what happened and then we had this fallout of about you know especially in the united states we had this fallout in the united states of about six or seven years before things finally started to feel like they got back together things kind of kind of sort of came together a little bit in the mid 70s and then okay Okay, so this was the mid 60s. And there were three of these meetups. Between 2012 and 2015, that's how long it took for these two entities, which symbolize major disruption, 
upheaval, revolution, authoritarianism, fascism. That's how long it took for these two slow moving planets to finally reach that first quarter moon stage. Mm -hmm. If it was just the sun and the moon, it would have been a week. But these two monster planets, it took them that long. And so astrologers who have seen these cycles before, the last time we had this dynamic, this particular 90 degree relationship was in the early 30s. Fascism. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Okay. So we look and, and all of the complexities of the symbols to understand what these two are all about. Uh, Uranus and Aries is, the, you know, the individual is the revolutionary. Okay. This was the, all of a sudden we have selfies. Everyone is doing selfies. We have self-driving cars. Everyone becomes a freelancer. There's no security. There's no job security. That was one thing that happened during this, this time. And what was interesting is that this pattern happened not three times or one time, but it happened seven times, which is a really exceptional pressure to, to be shaking anything that's, that's connected. We saw in Queen Elizabeth's horoscope, she had these planets, this, these, you know, activating her horoscope and her son says, I'm out of here, I'm moving to America. I'm not gonna be a prince anymore. For her, grand, her grandson. Her, her, yes, thank you, her grandson. Yeah, the other, well, the other son will have his, his deal too. We, we won't get into that. He, he, that'll be another thing, the second son. Anyway, um, Andrew, but anyway. So, so, where, so where we are now is we went through, astrologers are looking at this in the mid, you know, 2004, 2003, and they're going, you know what? We're gonna see a lot of things falling apart. And we have this potential, because we've seen it before, for authoritarianism to rear its ugly head once again. Because so many countries that were prominent in the world are affected by this particular pattern. And the United States was also affected by this particular pattern. Well, how much of this is, I mean, faded and what's free will? Yeah, another really good question. A really, really good question. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, um, I, you know, would, would that, would that some astrologers had the ear of people who have, were in a position of authority who could have chosen differently? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, that's a really, Actually, I mean, no, I mean, no. you can, I mean, you can do, you, you can use astrology. I think you can choose, like you can use astrology to pick a moment to do something. Uh, you know, to consciously say, this is my intention and I, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I, this is the, I am fixing this and you can give yourself some luck by doing that. However, you cannot pick a time to do something that your own personal horoscope denies. So I cannot pick the perfect time to win the lottery if my own horoscope says, honey, you're living in the poor house right now. Okay. <laughs> you, you just, you just, you cannot. I can't, so there's, so there's a little, I would like to think, so this is the potential of astrology. The potential is, what if we got everybody hip to this stuff? 
and they were realizing, you know, the astrologers who are sitting here in 2003 and writing about this period, that if we're not careful, we're going to go down this path that's going to be extremely unpleasant because authoritarianism is going to come back and we're going to feel this need for extremes of power and control. And we're going to have these little autocrats running around trying to, you know, just run the world, one person running the world. It would be, it would have been nice if somebody had been, maybe if the media, you know, we had said, you know, I know you're going to make a lot of money by giving certain people airtime, but if you do this, this isn't a joke. This person you're dealing with is, is extremely capable right now. So maybe you don't want to facilitate this potential. Well, but okay, a couple of things. First of all, um, uh, you know, we had a leader who who did do this. We had th that we know of. There might have been other leaders. You know, Reagan, uh, or at least his wife, Nancy Reagan. When we had President Reagan, which interestingly would have been around the time of '79, so '80. Right? He was, he, yeah. See, people. Yeah. See, Jimmy Carter put a sweater on and said, "Everybody, put, you know, put a sweater on and turn your thermostat down." But but we were in this no dream, dream, and so that's what we picked. Okay, so uh, so that's one thing, and then the other thing is is that you know you're saying if somebody had in you know in a position of power had in 2003 seen the patterns coming and started working to change policies or change public opinion so that we wouldn't end up with um, the situation where we have I don't think we have a dictator but we do have an authoritarian we have an authoritarian yeah we do we have authoritarian yeah, I, yeah. But, you know as I've pointed out before if you were a dictator he'd want to he'd want to expand his power. He's not really trying to do that. He just wants authoritarianism so that he can be without uh, consequence. But what you also just said, though, is, is that if a horoscope says this can't be done because it's denied to you by your natal horoscope, that's the intrigue to me is, you know, there's a certain amount of, well, did we have to go through this no matter what? And now what do we do? So there is a, that's a great argument. One of one of my teachers who, who wrote a wonderful book about um, this period of time, uh, her opinion, Lee Lehman, here's her book, The Astrology of Sustainability. You can't read it, it's backwards. But anyway, she wrote, she had wrote, she had a take on this among many other astrologers, mundane astrologers. And, you know, her opinion was that the events of 2016, she, her, she was just like, there was an, all the metrics that, she, that astrologers can use to assess probable outcomes. She's just like, there, I don't see a way around this. But, you know, that's also the fact, that's also with, you know, astrologers not really having a voice. Who knows? Who, who, if, if people were willing to listen uh, to people saying, you know, this, this, is, this is what's going to happen if, this, if, if we go down this road. But her opinion is like, no, there isn't anything. She, she's somebody who believes in fate. An, a Vedic astrologer, an Indian astrologer, someone in India would say it's fated and there's nothing that you can do. Western modern psychological astrologers believe in free will. That's the language that they use. And they are at odds in the astrological community because there are other astrologers who speak different dialects of astrology who are <laughs> saying this is faded, you cannot change it. And a modern psychological astrologer such as myself with a healthy respect for that old, you know, you can't change it is going, well, you know, but let's try. We have to, we have to, we have to act as if we have free will. Otherwise, what's the point? 
You have to act as if you can make a decision. And you can use astrology in your own life and then being aware of what's going on to, you know, to respond. To, you can make better choices about responding to, to things around you because you understand what they're all about. So, you know, you look at, if you know that the world is going to be falling apart on many levels with these, this powerful pattern, you're not going to be so thrown off base by the upheaval. Well, I find this to be, um, I'm not sure what, how I would characterize it, but, but I, it gives me pause because what, what you're saying is this question in the astro astrological community of um, fate versus free will. And I have come to the conclusions that I've come to about patriarchy and, and in particular mental health, people's um, suicidality, anxiety, depression, all of these things are epidemic levels now. And I personally have concluded this is because we've, we've thought so reduction in such reductionist terms that there's no more meaning and mattering left in our lives. And, and I think we want as people, scientists, not scientists, we all want to feel like our lives meant something. You have to, exactly. You have to feel like you have agency. Yes. You have to, and, and the only mean, you know, the, you know, the, the meaning that you have, your life has meaning because you infuse it with your choices and your energy and your creativity. Yeah. You, so it sounds like yeah. that astrology doesn't really give you a pat answer for how that happens either. Depends. Uh, wait, say, so back up. Wait, say that again. What were you asking? Well, it just sounds like that astrology doesn't have the answers in terms of whether or not, um, it, if, if the answers exist, it sounds like astrology doesn't agree on what those answers are when it comes to um, being assured that our life has mattering and meaning. I, I, I've never, I've never thought about whether or not there is a discourse going on in, in among the astrological community. I know that um, I believe, and and I share with my clients in in their practice, is that they have their life has meaning. One of the things that when clients work with me and I come and I look at their horoscope and I've never met them and I don't Google them running like that. And I look at their whole life and go back and in through time and talk about things that happened that like, really, you know, my God. And I never told anyone I did that. And I'm like, well, I see this. So, you know, what is it? And um, they find it really validating. Yeah. They find it validating. Mm -hmm. It's validating and empowering because you know, if you're coming from challenging circumstances, maybe you struggled for a while, maybe you were lost, maybe you got sick, maybe your husband left you, your boyfriend had an affair, maybe, you know, you had to go through some process of defying the norm, you know, like because you love somebody that the norm says you're not, whatever that means is that that's, you're not supposed to do that or whatever. And yet the horoscope is looking, you're looking at this lens and somebody who, I don't know this person and I see that those needs. Mm -hmm. How can this person be anyone else but have these needs? You know, that reminds me of something that Dr. Reese said, Dr. Gwendolyn Reese, who kicked off all this video series. And she said, um, I don't remember the context, but it came up around, um, reincarnation and she said flat out somebody's wrong about this and somebody's right because 
it doesn't make sense. And she's on the side of there is such a thing as reincarnation. It doesn't make sense to her um, that it w wouldn't be right. And so those who say it's wrong one day, <laughs> like, I don't know how we find this out, but I'm thinking in terms of what you just said about the validating, you know, where a person could say, I never told anybody about this, but you're telling me that this was here and this fulfilled a need in my in my life journey. That makes me wonder then about reincarnation, about the idea that maybe what we're talking about in terms of the needs are beyond us, that you come in and maybe it's faded, but it's actually not faded because we're, we're, we're taking care of some business we may or may not be in touch with. It's getting rather woo-woo, but no, no, there's a whole branch of evolutionary astrology, okay, where you look at the horoscope. And and I I I studied that before I studied modern psychological astrology, but you can look at the horoscope and see in the chart, you know, what are they bringing into this this life from another from another existence? And and what were the challenges back then? And what are they trying to work out in this lifetime? Well, what's great about this conversation, I think, and is that, you know, when you do look at articles such as the ones that the New York Times does love to write, um, I read one recently, I think it was, did COVID kill astrology or something like that? Oh, that was so silly. Well, it was I have, I, I mapped it out. Well, all right, I'm going to shut up and let you say, because I, okay, go ahead. No, but here's what, why I, 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 um, I thought to myself, well, this was this was a hit piece actually new york times had an agenda to prove that you know they just wanted to say something was silly and then and make fun of it and the reason i i said that wasn't because i was saying i i wanted to defend astrology necessarily it was because as the so called bastion of the way that journalism is supposed to get done they were such poor journalists in that piece because they went to Susan Miller and I'm not in the community, so I don't know if I'm offending her or not, but they went to Susan Miller to ask questions that she's not, she's not the specialist to answer. That's not, that's not, that's not her, that's not her beat. Right. Yeah. So if, they should have asked you, they should have asked somebody like Richard Parnas, who I'm much more familiar with in terms of his take on mundane astrology, because he literally wrote the book <laughs> right he did and there was a french astrologer uh who's passed away his I believe, his name andre barbeau now he was a mundane astrologer and he mapped out all of these super duper cool cycles and stuff things that I, because my beat is i'm looking at the news okay so i'm not necessarily going back and looking at all these cycles but he wrote an essay back in i don't know like 15 years ago or something and he, and 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 he mapped it all out and here are the cycles you know cycle cycle and you know you look at it and go oh yeah cool i should have ran that cycle cuz i would have seen i would have seen pandemic and he actually wrote pandemic 2020 2020 right. 2021 and, and what the, you know, what the you, new york times wanted to say is is that no one predicted this but they went to but they somebody did. who's right. The, it, right but somebody did yeah. right and, and somebody yeah. exactly somebody did you know as a reporter did. if i had ever said if i were going to write a piece about um i don't know bladder cancer and i went to a an internist who had never studied bladder cancer i would have I would have been derelict in my duty as a reporter. I might have even lost in my job. And so when I read the New York Times article about that, I laughed because they wanted to prove that astrology hadn't predicted the pandemic. And that's, I wasn't saying that it should or shouldn't have. I'm just thinking, then why did they ask this woman whom I know is not the authority on this? Because I have read the book written by the man who is the authority. Right, exactly. And you would have found, yeah. Um, 
And, and, but you see how challenging it is for a journalist to deal with this subject. I mean, whoever is still here listening to this talk, I am just, um, I'm so thrilled because you see that, you know, I'm, we're trying to discuss, you know, Japanese to a non, and it's a very big complicated and this and that. And, it, it, you know, this is, this is not something that you get in five seconds. It takes some time to sit with, even to explain how it all works, trying to explain particle physicists, physics to. Well, I, I'm, I have faith that my audience is hanging in here. I do too. I do too. <laughs> I have faith in them too. But, but I, I appreciate it because like, uh, if, if somebody did wander off, uh, you can see you can see why they might because they're just like, what is all this stuff? Um, it's a lot. So, well, how about we give them a payoff and we suggest um, things that they can maybe look to? We have the election coming up. I don't know if you want to make a prediction, but at least let's I talk about. I do not want to make a prediction, but I will tell you a couple of yeah, things. Yeah, what so, kind of so, energy okay, so to expect? So the patterns of the okay. So the patterns of 2020. Okay, how did we get here? So why are we talking about patriarchy? Okay, so I'm going to just zip through this. Okay, what's really interesting about Okay, we had this 2011-2016, uh, this, this series of tension, 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 with no focal point. Everybody gets that a new moon, the two become one, is a point of focus. Understand? It's a focal point. The two meet together, or at least they're in the same room. They're not here, they're not opposed. They're right together. They're focused. They're at the same point. They can they can get clear on stuff. So between 2011 and January 12, 2020, we went nine years looking at these big patterns, these long, these very slow cycles, with no focal point. All we had was conflict. We had polarization. We had op oppositions. We had challenges, but nobody was going to unify around anything. So astrologers are looking at 2020 and we're going, holy moly, moly, moly. We have got a whole pile of focal points in 2020. So that's suggesting that something is going to happen really, really big in the areas of government and patriarchy and the establishment and corporations. And it's going to be anguished, probably a huge effort extremes of control are going to be required in 2020, but everyone's going to have to be rallying around this focal point. And there are many of them that happened in 2020. And we knew, I mean, I knew, I don't know, I, mean, I could, I didn't know quite what it was, even though now you look back and you go, oh, wow, that pattern that was exact during the Spanish flu is happening now, because I wasn't looking at the Spanish flu. But it is, but we do see the repeat of the pattern. You know, we had an epi we had a pandemic. We got one now. Um, so we knew. So in terms of the timing, you could go. All right, the seeds are planted in mid January. This is a seed planting. Here we have this pattern that happens. You know, the energy of authority meets up with the energy of extremes. January twelfth, extremes of necessary control. The seeds are planted. Why? I don't know. I'm not a psychic. What's going on is they're starting to identify COVID. They're starting to track the gene, figure out what it is right mm -hmm. around this time. These are the seeds for this thing that's going to blow up. 
So that's the glyph for Saturn with this thing. And then below is Pluto. And I have no idea if you can actually see this thing floating around the screen. But anyway, and you can see that, you know, these, here they are together. They're, they've met up. They're right next to each other. They are focused. So, uh, okay, we already talked about that. So then we knew that the thing was going to get triggered in March. The thing, I knew things were going to blow up because of, I don't need to get into the technical thing, but I knew that those seeds were going to blow in mid-March, which they did. COVID, lockdown, that's it. I didn't know, I didn't know it was going to be. And you, so you knew because you can, you can pull, you can, you can look you can at where the planets the are going to be. They, they, things get triggered, things get yeah. activated. So there's the seed, the seed is planted, and then you watch things go around and then you see how that mo that the, that seed is you know there is a there is a repetition there is there is some energy yeah, I, i'm out. just saying specifically like you know um nasa will say there's the great american eclipse coming in august of 2017 but they're announcing this already as early as 2010. it's oh, just yeah. that you can make predictions yeah, yeah, we can happens. see thousands yeah, of years that's ahead and, and back it's that's it so and, you you knew that march was going to be intense so i knew so i so i so i was telling my readers that you know i don't know what's going to happen but we're going to know we're going to know with this need this mm -hmm. anguished extreme control we're going to know what it is because you March, could see by, ahead by, of time because i could see the trigger yeah. and i could see okay. that it was going to be happening you know around by march 16th and that's where everything blew up i mean there was a bottleneck it, you know there was there was a bottleneck of energy that just blew and that was you you knew that something was going to happen the Beirut explosion, the big fat thing that, that I had told my readers, we're going to see there's some big release of energy on August 4th. I don't know. I don't know. It's just going to be huge. And there it was. And, 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 and it's kind of amazing because I say these things and, you know, I, I'm, I'm always astonished, even though you, 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 you trust this thing. So I say this thing and then a part of me is going, oh, God, you know, and, you know, maybe, you know, I said this because I'm looking at the numbers and the number, you know, the measurements are not going to lie. And, and then, you know, it's August 4th and a warehouse explodes and it's like one of the, the biggest non-nuclear explosion in the history of the planet. Yeah. And I had said, you got to watch that date. It, I, don't so, know, I don't know why it works, but it does. So what dates should we be watching and what should we be expecting okay. um, so, coming up right, for the rest so of the year? So with respect to COVID, all right, so what, what you basically have in 2020 is you have a lot of stuff piled up in the energy of the sign of Capricorn, which is the establishment and it's the patriarchy and, and, and it's all of this stuff of people, you know, just going in there and taking what they feel they deserve because of their status in life. And all of these planets are at the end of the journey in the sign of Capricorn. So there's a huge focus now on getting everything they possibly can while it's hot. <laughs> while, all right. So with respect to COVID, uh, astrologers looking at patterns are saying there's going to be another. We, we knew back in, in March that, no, it's going to come back. There's going to be a surge. And you know, you, you're probably looking at a likely peak around mid-November because of the timing of certain cycles that are going on. And then we're seeing, you know, lo and behold, uh, yeah, things are coming up, even in countries that we thought had gotten it together, like Italy and France. But no, there is a second surge. So this is matching the timing of these of this cycles. Um, what can I tell you where we are now? Um, well, how about election day? Oh God. All right. Election day. So <laughs> election day, so election day, 
uh, election day. Mercury, the planet of information communication, turned retrograde today. In other words, it appears to be moving backwards in the sky. Mars, the energy of action, we talked briefly about that, is also moving backwards in the sky. And as it does so, it is challenging. This is actually what we're looking at right now. Um, we have a tremendous amount of volatile energy right now. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, we are seeing an increase in uptick in gun situations. We have ever since Mars went into Aries, Aries is the sign, you know, the, you look at your Roman and Greek mythology for an understanding of this language. Mars is the energy of action, ego, drive, um, war. It is challenging all of these planets in the establishment that are sitting there hanging on to control for their very lives. Um, so we have a lot of frustrated energy looking for a reckless outlet right now. It really isn't the time to be rushing into things, uh, but isn't it interesting how many times the media has used the word ramming and battering ram, mm -hmm. okay? That's how, that's how astrology, this is part of the amazing miracle of, of this language, that it will worm its way into the, into the common use and they don't know. Right. You know, Wolf Blitzer is not looking at astrology. I'd Probably put money not. on it. And but he <laughs> might say battering ram is this a bit of and what? Well, because that's what we've got. That's what's happening. That as above, this is the astrological mantra, the patterns above, so below. They are a reflection. Oh. They are there to guide us. Well, so the way the so the fact that he's talking about a battering ram. Mars is the planet of Aries, which is the ram. She's the ram. Right. Okay. It's, and also it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, beating, it's, it's aggressive. And mm -hmm. it's, so we're, we're, so we're seeing the word ram all over the place. And here we have all this, all this Aries stuff going around. So election day, I mean, thank God we have many people uh, early voting uh, because with Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde and all of these efforts at lockdowns and controls, um, I would say vote now if you can, uh, do, just get out there. I don't think we're obviously, this is no news. Everyone is saying we're, you know, we're not gonna know the full results for some time until they collect anything. I am reluctant to make a call on how this is going to unfold. I will not make a prediction um, on whether or not Biden is gonna win or, or Trump will prevail. Um, I, you know, I think I looked, I've written about Kamala Harris's horoscope in Mountain Astrologer. I wrote about her over a year ago and I thought, I didn't think that she was going to be the presidential nominee, but I thought that whatever happened with the election, she would be in a very good position by the end of the year because of stuff that's going on in her, her horoscope. So that's hopeful. Um, I know that with the incumbent, he's, I mean, we saw this a mile away. His horoscope is extremely challenged right now, as, as you can see. Um, but I don't know. Um, it's more- so, But you're talking about um, Mercury it, and Mars being retrograde. And when you say going backward in the sky, you just mean it, it looks like it because of where, because I don't think 
in astronomy, anybody goes backwards. <laughs> it's just okay. So, so here's so here's what it looks like. Okay, it's an optical illusion, and astronomers yeah. acknowledge it's an optical illusion. It appears, yeah. it literally appears to move backwards. Okay. So here's Mercury over here. Mercury goes forward, forward, forward. Right here, where it says Mercury stationary RX, that's where Mercury is now. So it, so it was going, it looked like it was going across the sky. And now for the next 22 days, it's going to track backwards. It's going to appear to track backwards over this red portion until November 3rd, election day, when it is then going to move forward again. Okay. Okay. So, so that's, so that, like. that's just, it's an optical illusion, but yes. now back to the language of astrology then. So then metaphorically, what you were getting at is that there's going to be a lot of um, reckless energy challenging authority. And I think that's what you said. So yeah, there's a, there's, there's, not there's to make a, a lot of pent up there, right now because Mars is also retrograde. Mars is the energy of action and aggression and it's also moving backwards. Okay. Um, so so what does that mean in a practical sense for okay, those so of us? In, okay, so in in so in in the language of astrology, I will put this up up here. Okay, so this is in the language of astrology. When a planet is retrograde, it suggests an opportunity for whatever that planet represents to to turn inward. Okay, the energy of Mars is actually Mars retrograde is this. It is a truck spinning its wheel in the mud. <laughs> it's a good time. So people want to be moving forward. They want to get things done. Like, you know, the Supreme Court, they're ramming this nominee through. I don't know if that's going to work so well for them in the long run, because, you know, it, it's going to, it's, it, it is, it's likely to backfire. You know, I, I caution people into rushing into a partnership or breaking out of a partnership during when the energy of action is actually going within because people tend to lash out recklessly with anger and, and it really, it has nothing, it just, it's just not, it is ill-timed. Um, so that's interesting. So it'll, it'll, um, when will we know whether or not it was ill-timed? <laughs> So uh, interestingly enough, we will know the first week in January because it's going to take that long for a couple of a couple of retrograde planets to finally get back to the point where they're ready to move forward again. It's, it's so it coincides with the new Congress coming in, which is going to be a highly motivated Congress in a way that I do a horoscope for the Congress every every two years to see, well, well how is it going to function? Is, is it going to function? And I do a horoscope for the inauguration. All men, we all do this, mundane astrologers. We look at the time that the, the president you know, takes the oath of office and that time, that's a time stamp, and we can use it as a timing tool to see when things are likely to happen during the course of that administration. So when we looked at the current occupant, for example, it was very clear that this was going to be a person who was going to be uh, isolated and not terribly well connected to anything else but himself. He would be an island unto himself. We see that so clearly in that pattern. Now, the horoscope for the next inauguration is a much more engaged. It has challenges for sure you know, there, there are, but it is a more engaged. So we see, okay, this is going to be an administration and executive that, that really is, is going to, is going to be connected. So maybe that's an argument that the current person is not going to be there because I don't see how that person would be connected because that's not, that's not the way he likes to work. So then let's, 
Um, let's maybe wrap this up by looking at 2021 and maybe a few years beyond. Um, in, I don't know, hopefully it, you'll be able to say, yes, the patterns reflect that things are going to start harmonizing and working out and we can feel more optimistic about um, taking a breath after all of the tension that you've described that we've had in our patterns? It's been a tough year. Or is that, is that not going to happen? Okay, so the big, okay, so the big thing, and this addresses patriarchy and all that other stuff. Okay, so the big thing that's happening, okay, another focal point, all right? The last focal point of 2020 is uh, a cycle Jupiter and Saturn. Now they in ancient astrology that, that they were the that those were the limits. Okay, you couldn't see anything beyond that. We didn't couldn't you know with the naked eye. And um, Jupiter is expansion. Saturn is contraction. Both are related to business structure and a reward. And so we're going to shift out of this heavy Capricorn stuff, which is you know, people using people to get what they need. Capricorn is very status conscious. It's a, it's wonderful if you, if you need to plan a war or you need to climb a mountain, you need somebody who knows how to deploy resources, maybe not with a lot of feeling for how that other person is going to respond to the duties you've dumped on them, but at least you're going to get the job done. The trains are going to run on time if that's your priority. Okay. <laughs> So we're going to move out of Capricorn. So all this junk and all these, this, this last gasp of the end of the patriarchal stuff. These two planets, Jupiter and Saturn, are going to meet up at the very beginning of a new sign, Aquarius. And remember at the beginning, I talked about elements and I said, remember, because I'm going to come back to this. So the Jupiter-Saturn cycle, here's how this works. Every 200 years, it changes elements. So for the last 200 years, Jupiter and Saturn, every time they meet up, so then they're gonna go for their little walk for 20 years, it takes them, <laughs> this is a business cycle, you know, 20 year economic cycle, and then they go one around. Okay, so they have, for the most part, been meeting up in earth. That's been the business model. Let's exploit the earth. Let's be successful by how much stuff we have. Right? Yeah. That's the, okay. So the last, so the, the first, the beginning of this cycle, the earth cycle, the series of conjunctions every 20 years, uh, coincided with the industrial revolution. Okay. So now we change. We're now going to go into another, a new 200 year journey where the focus is air. Air turns earth to dust. You're all going to be listening to that song by Kansas, <laughs> Dust in the Wind, okay? So all of a sudden the standard for success and how we, how we get, you know, what's important is air, it's data, it's information. It's, you know, Saturn briefly dipped into Aquarius uh, in March and instantly social distancing. Aquarius is, is, I love you, but don't take it personally. That's my mantra for Aquarius. They're everybody's friend. They're the humanitarian. They're really big. They're big on groups of, of people who have like-minded souls. 
They're not so they're not so much into the corporate body. You don't want a big structure. They want little groups. They want to be friends with everybody. So, you know, hopefully if they're behaving. But they're so, but you're saying don't take it personally so they're not cuddly. They're not cuddly. No, they're not. Well, social distancing. Mm -hmm. Social, I mean, like, so Saturn and Aquarius, so, so Saturn is structure, Jupiter is expansion. So we're going to go, we have a year. Okay, so the next year is going to be, it, we're, we're still going to be in this, um, you know, socially distant thing. We're not going to, probably not going to work it out. But there will be rewards for people who figure out how to keep us connected virtually. And we're learning that, you know, it, it, we, we're, we're starting to understand these we're starting to understand that we can like be with the whole world at the same time. It's really interesting. Anyway, all right. So this, so so this isn't. So what does this talk about? I have an article about this on my website. But um, getting out of the Earth mode means that the people who define their success by how many toys they die with, <laughs> the big corporate people you know, the dark money people. Mm. Oh, I don't know if their way of being is gonna be so effective or supported during this next 200 year cycle, potentially. Um, definitely whoever has information is gonna have a lot of power. So we gotta keep an eye on Facebook and Google and everybody mm. with our data um what do you think okay so you're saying that that begins in so that cycle starts on the winter solstice just and that's mm. going to be a very interesting week there'll be a whole pile of stuff going on because it's going to activate a whole bunch of other stuff so that's going to be a lot going on that week but it's going to be planting the seeds for this new 200 year cycle which we have not had since the renaissance so you can look back and see all these wonderful ideas that, that, that came into play. And something that you said about how science is becoming more flexible, that's something that kind of, that, that you know, this more, I, I, I hope I don't get, I hope I don't mess this up. It was, it's, it's inductive reasoning versus deductive reasoning, where so you don't really have to have things so fixed in stone to make it a credible theory. People will believe it. So it's going to be great for astrologers. Well, yeah, it's a tricky, it's very tricky because then you have to ask, well, what is fake news? You know, the alternate set of facts kind of mindset. That's BS is what that is. But then what is something that's flexible? And and I struggle with that. But but you, it's kind of like, you know, what is pornography? I know it when I see it. Well, what is fake news? I know it when I hear it or when I see it. But then what is being flexible and what is, um, what is, you know, non-local reality. What is, what is, everything is true when you're in the, because you can be anywhere in the, wherever you are is the middle of the universe, that kind of a thing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, yeah, you're, you're in your own world. We're, so, so this is the last important thing that happens in 2020, this new beginning of the new cycle, this value, this huge change in values that we are witnessing because, you know, most of us, you know, I, you know, uh, McCain's mom, Roberta, she was 108. She wasn't 200 years old. So there's nobody around. Even the oldest tortoise is 188 years old. He hasn't, you know, <laughs> he, he hasn't seen, he doesn't know what's going around the corner. Um, so what we have is 
this focal point, and then the last, and then the next thing that's going to be happening in 2021 is this this funding, where we have, uh, and we're seeing some of it already. Um, the energy of structure is challenged by the disruptor. So the old guard is challenged by the avant-garde and there's gonna be a lot of reinventing the wheel because the old rules are not really, are not going to apply. So the, a, a square is one of those tensions. So we've had this focal, focus, 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 everybody's surrounding around COVID basically and whatever, but now we're gonna be having some tension in 2021 and 2022. And it's gonna be coinciding during with a period of time in the United States where um, we have to really make some decisions about what we wanna be as a nation. And, and if we want to continue to be in the form that we're in, because we will be having a, a, a a, um, a transit, that's the technical term, we will be we're going through a period of development that we have never experienced in our history. I mean, you know, England is, has done it, all the older countries have, and they're still here, all right, and, but their forms have changed. But the United States has never gone through it. So we will that's see. That's fascinating. So, so that goes back to my question when I asked if it's in our chart, in our natal chart, that we would be... Uh, uh, we'd have these dreams, these these almost romanticized dreams of what it is to be um, um, a warrior country where the men are heroes. And and I, I still am quite OK with working hard for what <laughs> we get. But that is that's our natal signature is what you're saying. And, and then what you're and my question was, well, does that mean that can never change? And what I think I just heard you say is, well, you know what? It might change. And, and you might, know what would change? What you see in certain countries where a country, you know, like they fall apart and they like the, the chart we use for Italy uh, is not the Roman Empire. It's whatever. I, I forget what whatever it was when they, they got together and they said, OK, we're going to renegotiate this deal. We're going to reestablish ourselves. And, you know, this is the moment in time that we are, are establishing like, you know, modern Japan has a horoscope that is not you know, the million zillion year old, you know, beginning of its, of its each period of time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, China, how long has it been around? But the particular government that it has now has a much more recent birth date. So you, you have an opportunity, if, if the United States decides to, you know, reshuffle the deck or do whatever, you know, we don't, I don't know, I have no idea. I don't, I'm not, I don't mean to be, I'm not, I'm not being an alarmist because I honestly do not, I do not know what, I do not know what, what, what will happen, but I could see the potential. There's the potential that we will really be looking at power in these United States and um, the seeds that were planted in January with those two heavy planets that Saturn Capricorn, those were seeds. And that cycle is a 33, 38 year cycle. So, you know, you divide it by four. So nine years from now, thereabouts, we're gonna see that whatever seeds were planted at that time are gonna come up again and they're gonna, they're gonna like, you know, shake the trees. And we'll mm -hmm. be looking at, at how they're integrated into our world. Elizabeth, I've loved this conversation and I actually, I believe that enough of my subscribers will 
we'll consider this seriously as just a different way to look at world events and to consider our place within them and to maybe also if not embrace astrology at least understand that there is a logic and it's not folly and it's not just um, it's not just a woo-woo endeavor so I want to thank you for all the time and the uh, preparation that you put into this if you saw my horoscope you would know that what drives me more than anything is the need to inform and be thought of as interesting yeah so I think you fulfilled if that is your horoscope then you have fulfilled you have fulfilled your need. I have fulfilled my reigning need to be informed and clever and entertaining and intense. Thank you very much. And, and I appreciate that you took all the time to help my, uh, my readers and my subscribers walk through something that probably a lot of them have never considered, or if they have, then they didn't know that it was a serious endeavor. So well, I would love to talk to anybody who's watching further if they are so motivated to want to know more. Oh, I will most definitely have in the show notes all of the ways that people can read your your fantastic newsletter every week. It's it's just it's also well written, so it's fun to read, yeah. no matter what your perspective is on things. And I think people will learn when they when they read you. And then also your website, so if people wanted to contact you and talk to you further about about uh, astrology. So thank you. That's been wonderful. Okay. Thank you.